Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the 5 o'clock report, 20 minutes of uninterrupted news, commercial free. I'm Jeff Kaplan, KSL's top story. Some education groups are now conditionally supporting a change to amend Utah's constitution. This would ask voters to amend the constitution so that income tax can fund other state needs besides education. KSL News Radio's Lindsay Ertz joins me live here at the Capitol. Lindsay? Yeah, Jeff, Utah's superintendents and the local school board associations now say they are supporting this change so long as all their requests pass the legislature today. If it goes back to the original version of completely removing the earmark, we would not support that. Dr. Lexi Cunningham represents those groups. She says they've been promised some additional funding in the form of freezing enrollment numbers, but that has yet to pass. So this change they're supporting is going to ask voters if the state should use a portion of revenue growth from the income tax to fund education. The rest could go to other state needs. But Democrats like Brian King aren't sold. A commitment to use a portion is pretty meaningless when you think about the fact that a portion can be very, very de minimis. It can be small. There's no commitment here in the language of this constitutional change. Now, if voters approve this change on the ballot in 24, then the state's portion of the sales tax on food would come off starting in 2025. Reporting live, Lindsay Ertz, KSL News Radio. So, Lindsay, we're sitting here in this beautiful chamber on the second, where are we, third floor? Uh, this is the third floor, technically. Third, third floor of yeah. the state capitol. And they occasionally bring lawmakers in here, and we chat for a bit. But I have no idea what's going on down there on the floor. This is supposed to be a frantic evening. If I walked outside, give the listeners an idea of what's going on here at the Capitol. Well, what's interesting is it's pretty calm out there right now, which is interesting because all session you kind of build up to this day, but to have it be a little bit like subdued is like, wait, is everyone okay? Like what's going on? There's no drama. So we're tracking any last minute changes to language. What happened? What can happen in this session is um, sometimes uh, lines get sneaked into bills because there's no more public comment on bills and lawmakers make deals behind the scenes and we can sneak in to approve some language. So we're watching for any bills where that pops up. But right now, as we speak, both the Senate and the House are on the floor. They're rapidly firing, going through bills, hearing bills that are bouncing back and forth. You will literally see lawmakers running back and forth to the chamber to say, here's my bill. It passed. Now pass it over here. And so it does get a little frantic at times. Um, But uh, so far, we haven't seen any major drama. Well, Senate President Stuart Adams says he doesn't expect any surprises. But what is a surprise other than 
been something that's unexpected. Something right? we don't know about, right? But we did see a surprise on the very last day of the legislature last year, so we know it can happen at any time. Thanks, Lindsay. KSL News Time 502. We have developing news on KSL News Radio. Documents show years of alleged abuse inside an Enoch home where the hate family was found dead in January. KSL News Radio's Amy Kobabe is live with the details. Amy? Jeff, documents reviewed by the Deseret News show interviews with Tasha Haight and several of her children after incidents involving their dad, Michael Haight. One of those was just a few weeks before the whole family was found dead inside their home. Utah Division of Child and Family Services was called in December after Michael allegedly threw seven-year-old Ammon on the floor. A caseworker also interviewed 17-year-old Macy about an incident four years earlier. She told interviewers that Michael had hit her and grabbed her head, threw her into the hard part of the back of the couch. He also allegedly threatened her that he was going to beat her head in. Another interview shows Tasha was worried about telling him about filing for divorce. But even after all of these allegations, DCFS never interviewed Michael himself. Reporting live, Amy Kobabe, KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. After a judge's ruling in Idaho, a lot of observers are wondering why Chad and Lori Daybell wanted to be tried separately. KSL News Radio's Adam Small reports the decision could play heavily in Chad's favor. KSL legal analyst Greg Scorda says if all goes according to schedule and Chad is tried after Lori, this would be a huge advantage for Chad's defense. Greg says Chad's attorney will get a literal preview of what's to come, likely months before they have to go to trial. According to East Idaho News, the judge in the case finally granted Chad's request at a separate trial because of new last-minute DNA evidence and because Lori has not waived her right to a speedy trial. Lori is still set to be tried next month. Chad is waiting for a new trial date. It might not come till the end of the year. Alex Murdoch's lawyers say they will appeal his life sentence. Maria Chaleos is live at the KSL National News Desk. Jeff Murdoch's attorneys plan to file an appeal within 10 days. Their client maintains he did not kill his wife and son, and his defense team claims prosecutors were allowed to admit evidence of all Murdoch's alleged financial wrongdoings, and that spun a narrative for the jury. It was about character. It wasn't about motive. So as a result, our options were limited. Murdoch's attorneys claim the investigation into the murders was sloppy from the start. The head of the World Health Organization says he's heartbroken after seeing the earthquake devastation in Turkey and Syria. Nothing can convey the depth of grief and loss so many people are feeling. The death toll in the two countries has surpassed 50,000. People who live in the mountainous areas of San Bernardino County have now been trapped in their homes for more than a week. Cassidy Ringhofer tells ABC News she and her family are in decent shape because they have a stockpile of food and chickens who are laying eggs. Our grocery stores have 
collapsed at this point. We have like one and a half standing. Sheriff Shannon Dykus says Caltrans has been plowing nonstop and even the National Guard has been deployed to help. We are making tremendous progress. I saw this from the air yesterday. The roads are being cleared. There are snow plows everywhere. There is so much snow on some roofs that they have caved in. Live from the KSL National News Desk, I'm Maria Chaleos, KSL News Radio. KSL News Time 506. First look traffic on the 5 o'clock report. Here's Ricky Mees. Highway 6 is now closed in Carbon County due to a crash near Carbonville. They're hoping to open that up soon, but it is closed in both directions. 700 North crews are still working on that earlier crash. And it's by the I-215 junction, and that means that the exit ramp from northbound I-215 at 7th North still closed to traffic and delays northbound I-15 from South Salt Lake all the way to the North Interchange. Ricky Meese in the KSL Traffic Center. Thanks, Ricky. KSL News Time 506. We're live at the state capitol, and joining me here is Kate Klunt from the Utah Association of Realtors. Kate, you're a lobbyist, aren't you? I am a lobbyist. So do you have like a lot of money in your pocket or maybe some <laughs> swag? You know, I really wish I do, but I, mostly I have a name tag. Um, and we like to say that your currency really is trust uh, as a lobbyist. So as long as I'm being honest and I'm providing the right information, then legislators will trust what I'm telling them. What do you do in the course of a day? I mean, we know the lawmakers vote on things and there are lobbyists all over the place here. It's not a dirty word. Why don't you just... Explain what it is that you do. Yeah, so I am hired by the Utah Association of Realtors to track real estate legislation. So all the bills that have to do with real estate, property tax, water rights, all of those, I kind of monitor them during the session. I talk to committee members. I talk to house members about why they're running them, how it could impact the real estate industry, and then I report back to my members. I would imagine you have been incredibly busy this session because there's been a slew of legislation regarding housing. First of all, the $20,000 for first-time home buyers. Yes, it has been a just record-making year. Almost $247 million has been allocated for affordable housing, and in that is $50 million for the first-time home buyers assistance program. Okay, so let's let's break this down. $20,000 available for first-time home buyers. The state will kick into your deal. When does this begin? So the effective date is July 1st. The program's administered through the Utah Housing Corporation, so this gives them enough time to kind of create the rules for the application process. And are there any parameters that you have to meet, certain level of income that you're under, perhaps? So there is no income level parameter. The only thing is you need to buy a home that is $450,000 or less. So that's the median home price along the Wasatch Front. That's where that $450,000 number came from. And that twenty grand can go toward either your down payment to buy your mortgage rate down so your monthly payment is lower. Or like, let's say you have the down payment and you can make the monthly, but there are some extra closing cost fees that pop up at the end that you need some cash for. You can use that for it as well. Is all of this going to do anything to lower home prices in Utah? We're hoping that this really encourages home builders in particular and cities to zone for more small lot single family homes because that's kind of the price range that this, this would go toward. Thank you so much for stopping by. Kate Klunt from the Utah Association of Realtors. KSL News Time 509. Traffic and weather together. We're sponsored by Granite Credit Union. Here's Ricky Meese. Delays continue. Southbound I-15 between 4500 and 90th South. Northbound I-15 also really seeing some heavy and slow traffic. 3300 South to the 6th South exit downtown. Delays Filling in again, westbound I-80, coming from the mouth of Parley's over to 2300 East. Jared? 
Ricky, we have the crash on Redwood Road southbound just after 6200 South. Now, they have that all cleared out, but you're going to see some pretty big delays on Redwood Road in Taylorsville, southbound, northbound, as you go past that Walmart. Down in Utah County, though, we're seeing good speeds on I-15 as you make your way northbound and southbound, Steve. Northbound 15 delays from downtown to start about 6 north up to the north interchange. Then it's an easy drive into the rest of uh, Davis and Weber counties. If you're on the west side belt route traveling northbound 215, that 700 north exit ramp still closed due to a crash. And a crash in Sardine Canyon, southbound 91, about two miles from the summit on the right shoulder. Also good to go, though, on uh, the Legacy Parkway and Highway 89. No problems there between Lagoon and I-84. Canyon View Medical, from family medicine to urgent care to women's care, sports medicine, and pediatrics. Canyon View Medical provides comprehensive care close to home. Steve Carlson, the KSL Traffic Center. Partly cloudy skies as we head through the 5 o'clock hour with temperatures in the mid-30s. We'll slide down into the low 30s as we head through 6 and 7, upper 20s for 8 and 9. Ultimate lows will bottom out in the low 20s with a new storm moving in Saturday afternoon. With your hourly forecast on the 5 o'clock report, I'm Kevin Eubank. Right now in Salt Lake City, 39 degrees, KSL News Time 512. Intermountain Health says that masks will become optional in their facilities starting March 15th. Masks have been required at IHC since the start of COVID. They're finally lifting the requirement thanks to a downtick in RSV, COVID, and flu cases. U of U Health says they'll lift their mask requirement April 3rd. Hunters will be able to kill cougars year-round if Governor Cox signed a new bill into law. Anyone with a hunting license will be able to hunt cougars, no tag required. While this news has conservationists panicked, Senator Scott Sandel says an increasing cougar population is encroaching on areas where they haven't in the past. A number of my Wasatch Front legislative colleagues were like, yeah, I support this totally. I've got uh, I've got uh, grandkids that live in the foothills, and quite honestly, we're starting to get worried about letting them go out and play by themselves. Sandal says other animal populations have also been thrown off balance. We're noticing a real continued decline in our deer population. The Division of Wildlife Resources wants people to report when they do harvest a cougar so they can keep monitoring the population. Britt Johnson, KSL News Radio. I've had state lawmakers coming into this room and we've been talking about the issues of the day, trying to figure out our tax structure, affordable housing, and so many other issues. But I'm here to report that Utah now has a new state mushroom. Lawmakers have advanced a bill designating the Porcini as the state mushroom. It adjoined a number of other states' symbols the state bird, the seagull, the state animal, the elk. Passed by the Senate and House today, porcini mushrooms grow abundantly in the Rocky Mountains, especially along the Wasatch Front and the Uintas. The three things you need to know this hour. First, police in Farmington turned off body cams five minutes after an officer-involved shooting. Too soon for anyone from the county attorney's office to even arrive on scene to make that call. I'm KSL News Radio's Amy Kobabe. Second, the Utah Division of Child and Family Services was at the home of the Hate family in Enoch just a couple of weeks before the reported murder suicide. Third, our biggest traffic trouble spot. That remains I 15. If you're northbound, you essentially have delays from 33rd south all the way to the north interchange. And then 7th north, cleanup continues of the crash on 7th north proper. But you will see slowdowns on I-215's West Belt. And remember, you cannot exit from northbound of the West Belt to go to 7th North. Ricky Meese in the KSL Traffic Center. A little bit of snow today, but there's more coming for the weekend. I'm Kevin Eubank. 39 degrees now. KSL's top national stories. 
From ABC News, I'm Chuck Severson. Two words written big in the snow after tremendous amounts fell this week. Help us. Many can't get in or out in the mountains northeast of Los Angeles, where ABC's Tim Pulliam is. This powerful system first hitting the west. Los Angeles getting the type of snow it hasn't seen in decades. But in California's San Bernardino Mountains, it's too much. Piles of snow burying towns. The roof of their grocery store collapsing. Many riding out the storm now trapped in their homes. More today about President Biden's regular checkup last month is that docs took off a skin lesion for Mr. Biden's chest, according to ABC's Dave Packer. The White House doctor in a memo says a biopsy confirmed it was basal cell carcinoma, but says all cancerous tissue was successfully removed. The memo says the side of the biopsy is healed nicely, and dermatologists will continue keeping an eye on it. Touting jobs of the future and factories of the future today, a new electric vehicle plant in Glendale, Kentucky. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. In the long run, EVs are going to be remembered, not as a front in some invented culture war between red and blue America, but as a front in the very real competition between the U.S. and competitors like China for the future of manufacturing. Visiting the southern border in Mission, Texas, to bring attention to illegal immigration, drug and national security concerns, some Republican senators, including John Cornyn. We need help from the Biden administration, but so far we've gotten nothing from them other than open border policies. Cornyn is the Texas Republican senator. Work is going on right now to remove the Norfolk Southern train tracks near the fiery derailment site in East Palestine, Ohio. Soil and gravel underneath will be dug out from beneath the tracks and sent to a special disposal site. This in line with federal environmental regulations. Wall Street had an up day. You're listening to ABC News. Time for the KSL In-Depth. We are live at the Utah State Capitol, and joining me is the former chairman of the GOP in the state of Utah and one of our KSL at Night hosts, Derek Brown. You okay? I'm, we're, there's a collective exhaustion in this building after 45 days of... Uh, not sleeping and, and drinking a lot of caffeine. And so it all ends tonight at midnight. I mean, I know you as an energetic guy, but you're kind of slouching I'm, in that chair <laughs> there. Sl- there's a lot of people here slouching. A lot of people who haven't seen their families for 45 days. And it'll, it'll come to an end tonight at midnight, whether everything is passed or not. So nobody gets to go out for dinner and some porcini mushrooms tonight? <laughs> to celebrate with the state mushroom. Exactly. There's, there'll be a dinner here with legislators. And then as soon as that's over, they'll get back in. And they always threaten... To, to leave early, to say, you know, we're going to get this done before midnight. Yeah, everybody who's but, come in here for an interview has said the same thing. I think it's going to be early. We're not expecting yeah, any surprises. Yeah, they say that every year, and then at the last second, there's always, you know, things just take longer than they expect, and then then they go right up until midnight. And then, of course, nobody knows this because it's not really broadcast and no one sticks around for the fun, but that's when the lighthearted sort of fun happens, and they make fun of each other, and I think it's sort of a collective sort of a detox from 45 days of emotions. So let me drop this on you. Taylor Morgan was here before, and he said that it's a great idea for people to have a date night, come here, sit in the gallery, and watch the legislature at work tonight. What do you think? <laughs> that or binging The Mandalorian? <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough one. Actually, well, for political nerds, it's kind of like the Super Bowl. I mean, it really it's a lot of fun. And the last night, there's a lot of fanfare. And usually there aren't super controversial things. Usually the, the big stuff is done 
And it's just kind of stuff everyone generally agrees on. Although last year that was not the case. It the was transgender trans sports bill. bill, last minute, 10.30 at night, that showed exactly. up. Exactly. And I don't think they're, I think they learned from that mistake. And this year, all the really controversial social issues are done. And in fact, as of right now, the budget is passed. So we've got, you know, a $30 billion budget that's basically taken care of. And now there's just a few other odds and ends. But, you know, as long as they pass the budget, Nothing else matters. Well, I think things are relaxed because Governor Cox showed up here wearing a pair of jeans, which I didn't expect. Well, that's that's his. I think that's his style, and I think people are a little bit more casual here. There are less less suits and ties on the last day than you normally see. All right, it's like the last day of school. Exactly, it's and it is kind of a final exam for a lot of people. So, Derek Brown, I hope you get some rest this weekend. Thank you. Thanks Appreciate for joining it. us. KSL News Time five twenty. Traffic and weather together every 10 minutes on the nines. We're brought to you by Granite Credit Union, and here's Ricky Meese. Delays continue on I-15 in Salt Lake County on the northbound side. There's a little bit as you're approaching 7200 south, but most of the heavy and slow traffic goes from 33rd south to 6th south. Southbound I-15 remains bogged down Murray to 90th south Sandy, and slowdowns westbound I-80 coming from the mouth of Parley's over to 2300 east. Jarrett? Out in Teville on Redwood Road southbound, we had an earlier crash that's been cleared, but the uh, the traffic patterns on southbound Redwood Road are still pretty heavy as you're trying to get into West Jordan. Down in Utah County, great speeds on I-15, no delays, no crashes out there. A little bit of heavy traffic patterns on Pioneer Crossing, trying to head out to Saratoga Springs, Steve. And if you're leaving uh, downtown Salt Lake City, northbound 15, pretty crowded between 6 North and the North uh, 215 Interchange. After that, an easy drive all the way up through the rest of Davis and Weber Counties. Uh, delays on the west side belt continue northbound 215 from 5th south now. That 700 north uh, exit ramp still closed uh, due to an earlier rollover crash. Meanwhile, you're good to go above that on Legacy and on Highway 89 between Lagoon and the I-84 ramps. A Patriot Kitchen with Durden's Appliance where they meet any competitor's price. Visit Durden's.com or on 5th South and Bountiful. Durden's brand you know at prices you'll love. Steve Carlson in the KSL Traffic Center. The KSL 7-Day Forecast starts out with some storms over the weekend. Developing snow late in the day on Saturday into Sunday here in northern Utah. Looks like 1 to 2 inches in the valleys, lows in the 20s with highs in the low 40s. We'll see the snow taper off Sunday night as the storm kind of slides into central Utah. Most of next week, partly cloudy skies and below normal temperatures. Highs in the 30s with lows in the 20s. Looks like a potential storm late next week. From the KSL Weather Center, I'm Kevin Eubank. 39 degrees, your seven-day forecast. Brought to you by Performance Automotive Bountiful. We are under the rotunda. It's 522. (laughs) A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.